0: Uh, I just want to welcome in uh, Brock Weston um, from Marion University. I uh, played NCAA hockey there, had a good run there. Uh, the reason why we're bringing you on today and uh, we're, we're happy to have you is uh, to shed some light into this uh, COVID-19. You, you've experienced it firsthand, and I'm just really thankful, and you got a great story to tell that you could come on and kind of um, help us and understand a little bit more what you went through, and, and uh, just happy to have you.
1: Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Yep. Uh, so before we get into any of that stuff, one of the things I want to ask you is your playing career, your playing background, uh, where did you grow up playing, your youth hockey juniors, and then how you got to Marion?
1: Um, so basically, I started, um, I grew up playing minor hockey till my first year at Bantam in Maidstone, Saskatchewan here in Canada, uh, the Great White North, and uh, <laughs> I uh, I was always kind of a bubble player. Like, Bantam first and second year, hardly played triple mm-hmm. a AAA first year. I got cut. So I played double a and then I played midget triple a one year in North Battleford. And then I mm-hmm. moved to Calgary to the Alberta midget triple a league, put a year there. <clears throat> and then out of there, I, uh, I went and played my first year junior in Lloydminster. Okay. The um, that was a really good year for me. Um, it was nice to experience junior there at 18, okay. I guess, um, got traded, with about 10 other guys the same day when they found out they got the RBC. Um, Mm -hmm. That was kind of a dagger, but it wasn't just me alone, so I guess that makes it a little better. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I played my 19-year in North Battleford in the SJ, and uh, that was not a good year for me. I blew up both my knees. I I didn't play for like 14 weeks. Mm -hmm. I did not like the coach. Mm -hmm. Um, before spring camp, I called him and told him I wasn't coming back so he can trade me or do whatever he wants, but I wasn't going to play. <clears throat> so he traded me to Manitoba, to Portageville Prairie, um, and it was kind of a toss-up whether I would go or not, but I did, and it was the best year of my hockey. We won Manitoba, uh, went to the Western Canada Cup, and ended up losing to Brooks, who was the number one team in the country, and then West Kelowna, who won the RBC. Mm-hmm. So that sucked um but that year i was getting recruited by uh, eric largen and lincoln Wynn. um yeah. they were coaching here at the time and so i uh i really liked talking to both of them and they were consistent so then i flew down in may to after the western canada cup and went and visited marion i was actually supposed to uh in like two days after i visited marion i was supposed to go visit concordia wisconsin gainer was recruiting me there <laughs> Um, so that kind of worked out all right when he came to Marion, he already knew what he was getting, so.
0: Yep. Awesome, awesome. So you're, and then, uh, you played four years at Marion. Um, what was your experience like playing NCAA hockey at Marion?
1: Uh, it's, it's a lot. Like, it's fun. Um, you know, some of my best memories are there at the rink, um, on the bus, (laughs) on the roadies and the hotels, challenges and everything in between. Um, it's a lot of work, though, um. You know, I wouldn't trade it for anything, but, you know, practices can get long and, you know, every game counts. i only going to play 25. So it's a short season, now like juniors, and you're playing 60 and 60 plus.
0: Yep. Yep. Well, um, the reason, like I, I talked about earlier, why we have you on right now is um, is to talk about the COVID-19 and your experience with it. And, uh, and I just want to say, like, I do appreciate you coming on here right now and, um, you know a little background on even myself. I was pretty cavalier with with the whole situation two or three weeks ago, and uh, when I had found out that uh, you had you had gotten it, it really kind of like it it really opened my eyes. Like, oh my gosh, here's a player that played at my rink, played for the college uh, that we hosted at our rink, and it's it's here, it's in Fond du Lac, and and something that kind of like made me go like, stop and think for a second that this is now something bigger than just you know in my own little bubble and. And um, so my first question is like, well, how are you feeling now? Like what's, what's going on with you at this moment right here?
1: Oh, well, I'm back to hundred percent. I've been at hundred yep. percent for about, uh, just shy of two weeks now, actually. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, like, that's basically the reason I shared this story is because, yeah. you know, I have a lot of friends that, you know, Oh, it'll never happen to me or I don't know anyone or anything like that. But I mean, I, like you say, you kind of take a cavalier at the beginning yeah. and you're just like, no, it's not for me, but that was kind of how I was at the beginning. And then, when we, after we went to Nashville and I was like started to get my like sore throat, I was like, okay, maybe I should have been a little more you know serious about this, but yep. it's all hindsight twenty twenty
0: yeah and so you brought up nashville um is that is that the place where you think you started like take me back to the beginning of where you think it could have happened? I know it's all speculation and stuff like that, but and then early on, what were some of the first things that you experienced for some of your symptoms?
1: Right, so basically, I think I got it in Nashville. Um, a yep. few of us went down. Our spring break started on, like, the 7th, I think.
0: Yep.
1: Um, and I got my first symptoms on the 13th, 14th. And uh, so, yeah, basically, we went down for spring break, and Nashville was dead. We'd been there a couple of times, and there wasn't as many people. So, I mean, it is what it is, but uh, we, we were a little shocked. But, um, you know, we enjoyed our time there, and I think that's probably
0: where we picked it up. Okay, and then how long, you said it was a few days after you got back from Nashville and you started experiencing the symptoms and stuff like that. What were the first few symptoms that you started getting?
1: Well, it was weird. So, like, they always tell you, or like, they've been telling people for weeks that, you know, you're going to get this cough and chest pressure mm-hmm. and fever right away. And I didn't get any of that. So I had, like, a sore throat and a, you know, stuffy nose for about two or three days. Um, mm-hmm. And then that kind of went away. And then I was getting fever sweats at night. Um and just like tired, like super tired. I've never been yeah. knocked down like that by a sickness and I was sleeping for like five hour periods and then I'd be awake for two hours and then I'd go back to sleep for five hours. Um, you know, I was just weak and tired. I had no sense of smell, no appetite, no sense of taste. Like I was eating mesquite barbecue chips on my drive home and I couldn't even taste them. I just stopped eating them.
0: Yeah. So- so- on your drive home, so you obviously left Fond du Lac and went back home, and it was in that time period that it, the symptoms started getting worse. And how long was that drive and, like, that process of Fond du Lac to your hometown?
1: Um, so basically it's, like, a 22-hour drive home. Yep. Um, I stopped in la Prairie at, like, my, or, like, Billet family friend's yep. house, um, stayed the night there, and then left to head home. But, yeah, it's a 22-hour drive, and that was kind of when I started to get, like, I was getting a migraine like sore eyes yeah. and just like I was feeling worse even than I was the days before and I was like, Okay, this isn't good.
0: Yeah. And then when you got home, what kind of tipped you off to like, okay, I'm gonna go get tested, I'm gonna and what was the process like of going and getting the actual testing done and, and that?
1: Um, so basically I woke up the one morning and I was went out to help with check the cows for calving season here and um I like it was cold outside, so I just thought, okay, well, I can't breathe as good because the cold air. But came in the house and same thing. I was like, okay, I'm a little short on breath here. This isn't normal. Um, so I was like, okay, this is maybe something I should get you know call about. I was just in Nashville yeah. and this, you know, so um, so I called my clinic in town. It was actually on my birthday, mm-hmm. uh, so happy twenty <laughs> fifth birthday to me. I, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> COVID. So I called on the 19th to my clinic and they were like, yeah, we don't do it here, but here's a number to call. Um, so I called them and they were like, did you do the eight one one? And I was like, no, I'm not waiting in a 500 person phone call line. Yep. Um, you know, and then I did this self assessment online and then they're like, okay, well we'll refer you so called another number in Lloyd. And then I booked an appointment for the next day. <clears throat> so when I went up there the next day, Um, they call, they call you before to like tell you, Mm -hmm. you have to park in a certain part of the street on a certain side of the street, you wait in your vehicle, you call them when you get there, they call you back and ask a few more questions and then tell you when they're ready for you to come in and then Mm -hmm. go in you walk between these like red lines, um, sanitize at the door, go into the room, sanitize, put on a mask, And then they you wait behind this red tape and then they walk you into the testing room and they take this really long Q-tip and shove it up both nostrils. Um, it, was, it was brutal, but it was like it was over in a second, you know, and it just kind of yeah. felt like a sneeze that wouldn't come. And then when I was leaving, I thought my nose was bleeding, but it was it was just like itchy, I guess mm-hmm. and then when they're done. You walk out a different door, leave your mask and sanitize on the way out.
0: And then how long was it be after um, that you had the test and before you found out that you had tested positive?
1: Um, so they told me it would be a week. So I was like, mm-hmm. and I, at this point, I was like, kind of feeling better. And I was like, yep. okay, well, like in a week, this isn't going to matter to me because I'm already doing better. But yep. it was about three days and they called me and they asked me like 10 questions. They're like, how are you doing? Like, what? Where have you been? This, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, um, why? And then, yeah. the lady's like, oh, they didn't tell you. I'm like, no. And she's like, oh, well, you tested positive. I'm like, okay, that would have been good to know. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. And then, after you tested positive, uh, were there any more symptoms that came up, or, or? And then, how long did the symptoms last? I mean, after you got home, and and when did you start feeling better?
1: So basically from start to finish, like cold, yeah. like, you know, cold symptoms, the sore throat stuff, you yeah. know, like 100% was about 12 days. Okay. Yeah, 12 days. And like the last three days, I was, I was feeling way better. It was just kind of this nagging pressure in the bottom of my chest, basically, um, that if I like took a really deep breath, then I would kind of have to cough and then I'd be fine. And that was it. Just yeah. one hack and that was good.
0: And then, I mean, like you, you're—I mean, you're what we consider like, you know, in shape. You're young, you're healthy, and how? Would, I mean, like it knocked you down like considerably. Correct? I mean, like, and that's—I think that's the part I want people to really understand here is that like, you are like what we would consider like the model or you know the pinnacle of like being in shape and healthy and everything prior to this, and then all of a sudden, it it got you, all right like.
1: Yeah, no. Like I, I was sleeping. I had no energy. I couldn't. So, like when we had to flip calves to tag him, I couldn't do that. Like I had no strength. Yeah. I, you know, sleeping all the time, just weak and yeah, it was brutal. Like I've, you know, when the flu gets you and you just can't yeah. get to bed. Like this was like you can't roll over in bed, Oof. and take a deep breath. Then, you roll over.
0: <laughs> and then uh, to be considered like recovered, like you are right now, what is the process for that?
1: So they actually changed the protocol, um, the day before. So they told me originally I had to get two negative tests post, you know, a week mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, so the day before I was supposed to get tested, they called and they were like, yep, change protocol. So you're good to go now. So basically I think, you know, it was about 48 hours symptom free and you're good to go. Um, I mean that could be changing. That's just what it was for me. Um, but I think they were running low on tests and it was getting expensive. I think it was mostly for data collection to know, you know, these people, how long post symptoms, are they still carriers?
0: Yep. And uh, you're, um, if you can let me fill me in again, Uh, what city are you from, Saskatchewan? Like, what's it called?
1: Oh, city. No, not city. I'm from a a town of about 1,000
0: people, made And then what, I mean, what's it like there? I mean, how how are people there taking this and and how serious is it there? Or, I mean, has it even hit yet? Or is it something that's still like kind of just in the news?
1: Uh, I think with, you know, me sharing my story, I think it made it more real for a lot of people, like you said with yourself, Um, because I had friends here that were still getting together the day I got home. And I was like, you guys, like, this isn't a joke. Um, So I think it's kind of a little more sheltered um, you know, even more so the Conduac, um, so that's been tough trying to navigate that. Um, I think it's, you know, becoming a little more real for people. They're knowing people and, you know, in Saskatchewan we only have a little over a million people now and we've had three deaths and, um, you know, people are starting to go into the ICU and whatnot. So, yeah.
0: So do you have any advice for, um, people out there who maybe are, you know, not taking it as, as serious as we should,
1: I mean, I guess you know, like you said at the start, you think it's not going to affect you, but it might not be about you. It might be your cousin that has, you know, asthma, or your grandma that had cancer treatments years ago, or something like that. Um, You know, I came home, and I would have loved to have gone and seen my grandma, but you know, she's immunocompromised, so I haven't seen her since I got home, and I've been home for almost a month. So, I think it's just a little bigger than us as individuals, especially, you know, we're talking to a lot of athletes right now, and. Yeah, we're fine. Maybe, hopefully, yeah. there are people like us that are getting very, very sick. Um, some are dying, but you know, it, it's not about you know us. Like if it was, if it was the Spanish flu coming back and killing yeah. everyone from fifteen to thirty, it'd be a different story.
0: And going to say, yeah, it's one of the things I was I was talking about. I mentioned before, if we'd be looking at COVID nineteen way differently if this affected kids, you know, you know, from birth to twenty. As it's doing per se in people at the end, you know, the last twenty years, and it's something where you know just that changing that mindset would help people probably better, you know, prepare and you know take this more seriously. So
1: yeah, for sure. Um,
0: but I just want to say thanks again for coming on, and a lot of hockey people tune in to watch this, so I wanted to kind of uh, end with one of our lighter questions for you. Um, we have a, we ask a lot of our coaches this question too. Um, We'd like you to give some advice to a younger you, maybe the end of a a 13, 12, 13 years old. What advice would you give a younger you about hockey?
1: Oh, um, (laughs) wouldn't I? I don't know. There's a lot. Um, I'd probably tell him to work on his foot speed. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry about, like, skating sucks, but just do it.
0: Yeah. it's, It's funny, like, at the time, when you give yourself, you know, you think back on the things you probably should have been working on or the things you wanted to work on, like, you know, hindsight, 2020 20 and stuff. So that's why we always try to have this question because sometimes, you know, working on foot speed, working on speed endurance and things that you, as a 13-year-old, you probably know you should be working on, but it's not as fun as working on toe drags and shots and things like that. But, you know, it's it's part of the process. That's why we always ask that question, but yeah. Um, I just want to say thank you again for coming on. Um, I'm really hoping that we can take this and, and use it to enlighten more people about the the seriousness of what we're going through right now. And um, do you have any last things to add or anything else like that?
1: No, I mean, stay home if you can. Keep your nose to the Um, You know, I took a few weeks off here just being on the farm and recovering and whatnot. But there's things you can do at home. You know, you don't need a big weight rack or a nice gym or anything to just keep active. Awesome,
0: awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on again, and uh, like 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 Brock said, stay safe, stay home, and uh, we'll get through this. Thanks again. Yeah. Bye.